What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Welcome to Zero Today. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, liberation, and empowerment. We are here to present a knowledge that is engaging and transforming and to help you, empower you, our listeners to knowing and being and impacting the world around you. That's our journey. That's our responsibility. That's our goal. That's our obligation. That's what we try to do every time we get on the air. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Several ways you can do so. The primary way, if you want to get your thoughts on the air, is call 347-237-5230. That's the number to call to get your thoughts live on the air. Also, the chat room is open, so you can go to the chat room and block talk radio and get your thoughts in on there. Also, go to our Facebook page, Zero Network on Facebook. Like our page, follow the page, and you can see... Uh, updates and archive shows also. You can leave comments there about the show that you like also. Also, uh, follow us on Twitter. The show Twitter handle is at Zero Radio, and my personal handle is at Prophesy. So those are ways you can get up. And of course, you can always send me an email, PastorLorenzoDeal at gmail.com. That's where we are. That's how we are. I'm kind of flying blind this morning. Audio is not working, so I'm uh, yeah, we're just relying on <laughs> uh, best feedback we can. Hopefully, uh, we won't be messed up too bad. But you guys continue to pray for us today. Um, it's the last week of April, going into my birthday month, and I'm excited. I'm excited, I'm excited, excited. 
but um, we're glad that uh, April is almost over. April showers, bring May flowers, yay! Anyway, <laughs> we got a good show. We're going uh, got for you lined up today. We're gonna be talking about Prince and uh, the effects of his his music and his death actually on um, Christianity. He's raised up a couple of new questions about some things. We're just gonna be talking about him and uh, the impact that he has had on uh, uh, black music and uh, gospel music, you can't admit it or not. Um, so that's a couple of things that we're going to talk about. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, for your kindness. We ask for God that you forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all righteousness, let the words not mouth, meditations by heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, by rock and my redeemer, we ask this in your son's name. So uh, this has been an interesting week. Of course, a lot has been going on, and I just want to touch on a few things that's been catching our attention. Uh, as you know, in many states, uh, well, particularly in North Carolina and Mississippi, uh, laws have been passed that have been called Freedom of Religion Acts, and there's 14 states that have passed these laws, including Arizona and uh, Indiana, the most recent, uh, and of course, Mississippi and North Carolina being the most recent. They tried to go, it was presented, passed by the Georgia state legislators, but uh, vetoed by Georgia's governor. And there's been a lot of stuff, uh, a, lot of, a lot of backlash particularly professional backlash from um, celebrities, businesses uh, that have stated that they were not, uh, they would not be doing business with those states that have enacted uh, freedom of religious laws, what they call discrimination, discriminatory laws, discriminatory laws. I just made that up. That's not even the word. Discriminatory. Um, here in the state of Mississippi, the great state of Mississippi, um, the American Family Association is headquarters here, and they have vehemently opposed any uh, backlash. They, they are the ones who have been strong supporters of freedom of religion. And while I'm usually on the side of the American Family Association with Family Research Council, those organizations that are conservative and uh, conservative organizations, you know, pro-family, pro-life, things of that stuff. Things of that nature. Um, this time I was, you know, I wasn't agreeing with them. And like most people, I, I, I don't see why we, why we're fighting. I do understand the organize, organized LGBT community, and, and I understand how they're, how they're pushing for so much. But, you know, to oppose something, just to oppose it for political purposes, I think it does not reflect well on the church, as well as it's not displaying the love of Christ that we should have, whether we like, agree with, or anything. We're still supposed to love folks. And discriminating, especially if you're business, man, you, you're all about it. That's what capitalism is for. You're supposed to make money. You don't, <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I know... The people at Walmart do not care who comes and works in their stores, their orientation. 
long as they help to make money. I know that the people that home on Walmart and other box stores or the like do not care what the gender of their customers are. But the smaller businesses, I can understand. You know, little mom and pop operations, still family run, and I do can understand it. But I, I bet you a uh, a local car dealership would not turn down somebody because of their uh, orientation. They want to sell a car. But that's not here. You know that. The reason I'm bringing that up is because here's uh, Target store has um, enacted a gender neutral, I guess you suppose, I suppose it is, gender neutral um, bathroom policy. And I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be bad. And of course, these organizations, American Family Organizations and others, have called for a boycott against Target stores in particular, but other stores that are, are you know, attempting, attempting to uh, mediate this, this issue with transgender. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, I, transgender, all this is, is very, very confusing to me. And if you're a transgender person in my audience, I invite you to call me. Help me understand, because it's just fun. It's not funny. It's just complicated. Uh, it's really, really, very complicated. I don't, I don't get it. But anyway, anyway um, so they are asking their followers to protest stores like Target who are implementing a gender-neutral bathroom policy that basically says you go to the bathroom that you identify with. Now, why am I bringing this up? It's interesting to me because the the, the push – for this is targeting, um, you know, men going into female restrooms with the intent to do harm, rape, whatever. Problem is, the problem is, most of the pedophiles, pedophilia that happens in this country happens to young boys, to men. So it's highly unlikely that a transgender woman can go into a woman's bathroom and if these little children, little girls, molest them for them. Or now I I, I, I can understand if it's a, a cross dressing man. Because I, I again it's all confusing to me. Uh, a man who dresses up as one of cross dressers and they decide that today they're dressed as a woman, they want to go into the women's bathroom. That could be a bit tricky. I, I, I can understand that. But I think, again, I think we need to place it, uh, de-emphasize the, the fear. We need to take a, we need to stop promoting fear and, you know, be rational. We're, we're rational human beings. And I, I honestly believe we're taking this thing too far on both sides, with the LGBT community and with the uh, conservative end of it, you know, the good old Christians. I, I believe they're taking it, both of us, both sides are taking it, uh, are being very insensitive, trying to win a battle that's, that really doesn't exist. We're creating a battle for whatever reason. And I, I know, I know that 
there's a spirit behind this. What that spirit is, I, I cannot tell, but I do know that there's a spirit behind that, and we need to be ever vigorous in addressing the spirit. You know, spiritual warfare, that's what it's all about. That's what it's going to take. But let's need to hear know that. But it, it's causing a lot of backlash in the state. I've spoken out against it here in this state because of the language of the bill here in Mississippi. And while, while it does uh, provide protection from government, it, the other oxymoron is that the very same government that say they're protecting from are the ones who drafted the bill who are less likely to do anything against the ones who are discriminating. So, I mean, it's rather redundant. Rather redundant. But that's either here nor there. Uh, I, 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 I think it's time for us to really, 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 really take seriously this idea of the separation of church and state. And I know there are some Christians, and if you're one of those, feel free to call. I'd I love to hear your, your thoughts on this. Um, I, 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 you know, we ought to be in the public sphere. The question is how far in the public sphere should we be? Uh, people forget, especially here in Mississippi and in the South in general, that we are a pluralistic society. And Christianity, as much as we want to make it out to be, the end all of everything is not for everyone. And you can go back to the founder and you'll find that every founder wasn't a Christian. <laughs> every founder had, very, some of them didn't even have, you know, some of them were atheists. Most were deist at best, not not theists. They were deists, D-E-I-S-T-S, not theists, T-H-E-I-S-T-S. Most of them were not. So, you know, we built this, all this, Hype around something that's uh, like that, and we forget historically uh, oppressed people came to thrive better somehow. We, so the more oppressed you try to make a group, the better they and the stronger they are actually. So by trying to oppress the LGBTQI and whatever else they got added onto. We actually make them a stronger body. We actually make them stronger. And therefore, their cause seems to be uh, greater because they're now, it's now like the little guy versus the big guy kind of, you know, the underdog versus the big guy kind of thing. I'm not trying to make it uh, oversimplified, but in, 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 in a way, that's what it does. We actually defeat the purpose we're trying to accomplish because we're feeding into the sympathy of those who see oppression, discrimination, all that stuff. Y'all think about it. Young folks, uh, they've grown up, they've grown up with this sense of uh, uh, collusion, a colluded society. Uh, I may not even be using that word right, but they've grown up seeing inclusive as part of life. You know, we didn't see that growing up. I didn't see that. A lot of us, well, if you if you were born in the 70s, the mid-70s and back, you didn't see that. So it's, it's, but those who were born in the 80s and 90s, especially the late 80s and 90s, that's all they see. That's all they saw. But that's neither here nor there. Um, 
So we, we must be vigilant. But at the same time, uh, you know, we, we just have to, while they're working to repeal in these states because of businesses, it, it's something we really need to really, really, really need to think about. Are we loving or not? Are we loving or not? Um, it, is, it, it is what it is. Some other thing, and um, this ties into this, there, there, uh, this June, the Southern Baptist Convention will be meeting in their annual meeting, and one pastor is hoping that they would take seriously the cry for uh, identity. In other words, take, you know, it's, for many Southern Baptists, identity rests in the South, the identity of the South. And the primary, primary identifying factor of that is the Confederate flag. And, and while many states have removed, removed it, including in the Capitol Hall at the Washington, uh, at the National Capitol in D.C., they removed uh, at least the Mississippi State flag because it still has Confederate emblem in it. And Pastor Dwight McKissick of Cornerstone Church in uh, Dallas is asking uh, for for the Southern Baptist Convention to disassociate themselves from the flag. Uh, I was at a rally a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, along with uh, Pastor Jamal Bryant and uh, many clergy from the Amy Church, when our bishop, uh, Julius McAllister Sr., on the steps of the Capitol, we assembled to demand that our governor and our legislatures hear the cry of the people to uh, take the Confederate symbol off our flag, state flag. Because it's still, it's, it's still a symbol of hate. And uh, this month was declared by the governor of Mississippi to be Confederate Heritage Month. And <laughs> there was one person who had a ball posting some very, very interesting Confederate history facts, uh, both from the white and black perspective. But the whole point is this symbolism is also wrapped up in the spiritual identity for many of those who are Southern Baptists, it's, they consider it to be part of their heritage. And if you're not familiar, you know, in 1895, the uh, Southern Baptist Convention was birthed because of that very issue. I mean, not 1895, um, uh, in the 1800s, it was birthed because of that issue. Uh, the idea of slaves was part of the reason why it was birthed. And, and it's still emblazoned in many of the the idea ideologies from those who are part of the Southern Baptist Convention. Many do not directly espouse what they believe, but it's it's emblazoned, you know, it's it's in there. It's internalized 
sometimes there's those who boldly articulate it, and then there are those who uh, do so with less bravado. But either way, and I'm with I'm, I'm with Pastor McKissick on this. Uh, you know, Southern Baptist Convention has always been a stalwart of Southern heritage, and um, when we think about they oppose to just about everything progressive. <laughs> and unfortunate, it's rather unfortunate that's the case, but we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm hoping that they will hear his cry and, and, and go along with it. That they will go along with the idea of disassociating themselves with the, with the Confederate flag. But I'm going to take a break. When I come back from the break, we'll be talking about all things Prince. <laughs> and it raises up a couple of really, really interesting uh, things since Prince has died. One, was Prince Christian because he was a Jehovah Witness? Two, brings up the question of, since Prince was cremated, brings up the question of, should Christians be cremated? cremated? And, and this is my part, I like, really, how spiritual was Prince in his music? And how influential was his music uh, on Christian, black Christian, black, black gospel, and and uh, black spirituality? Those are the things we're going to be talking about when we come back from the break. And uh, we'll be back right after this. we make you smarter about insurance because what you don't know can hurt you. What if you didn't know that posting your travel plans online may attract burglars? Talk to Hawaii. What if you didn't know that as the price of gold rises, so should the coverage on your jewelry? Ah. What if you didn't know that kitty litter can help you out of a slippery situation? The more you know, the better you can plan for what's ahead. Talk to farmers and get smarter about your insurance. We are farmers. Bum, da, da, bum, 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 bum. Friends, there's nothing as soothing as having a sweet aroma penetrate all of your senses. Peacock, the newest candle fragrance by Heatcentric, is that aroma. Peacock is a vegan hand-poured candle that fills the room with a soothing aroma that everyone is guaranteed to enjoy. Peacock by Heatcentric is the fragrance developed by Lady Jocelyn Sanders that's designed to reflect the glory in everyday life. I guarantee you will not disappoint it when you order your candle today from Heatcentric. I have one at home and in my office, and I tell you, it's so good. It helps me relax at home, and it helps me concentrate and stay on task in the office. You need to order yours today by visiting LadySanders.com, and while they also pick up a copy of her book, The Encounter, I'm telling you, you will love both. Peacock by Heatcentric, reflecting the glory in everyday life. How much money do you need to make each month? That's the first question we'll ask when you decide to start your own home business through IncomeAtHome.com. As a success coach, I'm here to guide people like Karen, who needs to earn serious money from home. We were living payday to payday, and with four teenagers at home, we were worried. By the third month, I was banking more than $2,600. 
After only 18 months, I was consistently earning more than $7,000 a month. Now, it's a six-figure income, and I'm paying cash for college for four kids. We found our way out of rat race. Listen, this isn't selling soap or energy water to your friends. This is a real business bringing potential customers to your computer so you can earn money 24-7. Incomeathome.com is affiliated with a multi-billion dollar company and carries a triple A rating. So how much money do you need to earn each month from home? Visit Incomeathome.com right now for your chance to win $1,000. I've never been a diehard Prince fan. 
I have, however, always admired his music. You know, and, and and when I was a kid, I was trying to figure out, okay, is he a guy? Is he a girl? You know, he grew. Uh, he he he. His fame was at his highest during the in the eighties when androgyny was. I mean, that was the thing. The whole point of the eighties <laughs> was for folks not to know what gender you were. It was all about gender bending. The heavy metal bands or the makeup, you know, you know, the eye eye makeup and all that stuff and the big hair and you know, Prince along with David Bowie, uh, they played androgynous androgyny to to the fullest. You didn't know whether they were a man or woman. Prince he could sing falsetto and then come down to a, a warm warm tenor voice. And it was just beautiful how he was able to do that. And then on top of that, Prince mastered the art of sexuality in music. Uh, the, the lyrics that he, he wrote, <laughs> and I know most of you already know this, you know, you listen to his music from the late 70s all the way up to uh, the mid-2000s, you, you hear how, how erotic he was. He mastered that. He made that skillful, articulated in such a way that was non-derogatory. You could play it, know what he was talking about, but not be offended about what he was talking about, but was hoping that what he was talking about, you could get some of it, you know. It was wonderful. His music transcended genres. He created his own genres. He was a master. He was a genius. He was a prodigy. Uh, some called him the Black Mozart. And I can understand why the guy played every instrument. With the exception of brass wind. I never saw him play brass wind, but he could play woodwind. I know he played woodwind instruments. Um, played basketball and master on the keyboard. And guitar, drum, you know, he did that. The dude could lay down his own track by himself and, you know, set it up. I think when he was 15, he did his first demo. And, you know, open wouldn't take because they didn't think he could do all of it. But he did. By 19, he, you know, had his first deal, his first major uh, major contract or whatever you want to call it. And the rest is history. And just think about that. Over nearly, nearly 40 years, he, he was on the music scene. I, I think, I, I bet he put out about an album a year, probably. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that past him, probably did. But, you know, we celebrate his loss. And there were a lot of people who were saying, you know, Christians should be celebrating. And, you know, there was one, one church that went and, you know, they put, um, they, they put on their church sign, the first, the opening phrase of the song, Let's Go Crazy. And, uh, I, I went to the old blackchurch.com and you can, you can go there and you, you'll see. Uh, let me see if I put it up a okay. uh, Yeah, it's the University of United Methodist Church. Dear beloved, we've got to hear today to get through this thing called life. And uh, if you listen to that song, then you, you know what it is. 
But enough of my tribute. There were several, several pastors, uh, several, several people gave tribute. There was this one, one um, church that did a Christian version of Purple Rain. Uh, uh, Jesus Rain, Jesus Rain, something like that. I can't remember. I saw it on Facebook. I was trying to find the video to, to play it on air. But um, couldn't find it. But anyway, there, there are several things that, that since his death has brought about new conversations for Christianity, for black Christians in particular, for the black church in particular. Uh, well, for, for the white, for, for Christianity in general, um, one pastor uh, asked a question about should Christians be cremated? And uh, I put it on my page. Hold on, let me try to bring this up real quick. John Piper. John Piper, the founder of Desiring God Ministries, pastor, uh, well, retired pastor emeritus of Bethel Baptist Church up north. I want to say it's in Minnesota. I could be mistaken. Uh, Milwaukee, Minnesota, somewhere. Uh, anyway, he, uh, on his blog, asked the question, should Christians cremate their loved ones? And, and this is because Prince was cremated. Prince, of course, was Jehovah's Witness. And I, I know everybody knows about Jehovah's Witness just from those folk who knock on your doors and probably got the Watchtower magazine and some deemed them to be a cult. And, of course, um, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe in a lot of things. Uh, they don't vote. And, of course, Prince spoke out on that. Pence spoke out about why he didn't vote uh, in one or several occasions. You know. um, but I don't know whether I've, I have not read where they stand on cremation. And I have to look that up. But, but if you know, uh, I'd love for you to share that with me. But uh, Prince was cremated. And the question, apparently, uh, uh, Dr. Piper felt needed to address was cremation versus Christian burial. Um, that's a, it's, this is me personally. I, I, I leave it up to the individual and the family. I, I personally do not believe God cares how you go out because once you go out, you're out. <laughs> and I understand memorials can be done with a body or without a body. You know, we've had plenty of persons uh, there, for example, Katrina. There were a lot of people after Hurricane Katrina whose bodies were never recovered. There were some who were recovered but were buried in pauper's grave, and their families were not able to, you know, even get to really truly mourn. And also with natural disasters of all kinds, sometimes, you know, it's expedient to have cremation. Sometimes it's expedient, especially uh, we had a pastor who passed away, and and um, 
no one knew he had died. He had been, he was living alone, and it was almost a week before they discovered his body. And by the time they discovered his body, you know, death and all that it entails had um, basically made it impossible for a, a funeral, you know, for a bombing or anything like that. So they had to cremate his body. Um, and, you know, they had a memorial and they had a picture of the pastor and all of this stuff. And, and, you know, those things are understandable. But I, I do not believe, personally, that God cares whether you cremate the body or not. Scripture says, we came from ashes and from ashes we return. So how we get to ashes doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but in the article, he presents, his first argument is that, um, Funeral expenses, uh, you know, are very, very high. The cost of the funeral now, you know, averages about $6,000. You're going to pay about 3000 of that just for the casket. And, you know, then you add in the cost of uh, embalming, cost of family car, funeral home use, and burial. And it can get pretty expensive, man. And some undertakers take advantage of families when they come in there and try to sell them the most expensive casket. I know when my brother passed, uh, uh, that's one of, the, one of the toughest decisions we had to make, you know. What are we going to do? We, we thought about cremating. And my grandfather wanted, you know, say it's not, a, it's not a bad thing if we create them. It's less expensive. It's only about $500 cremating. Um, but, you know, and most... Most people want to see the body and, and have a funeral. They want to have a final repast, you know, final viewing and all of that because they feel that they're, they're obligated. But most, again, you know, funerals aren't for the dead anyway. They're for the living. Uh, and so his first argument, of course, is that it um, it's expensive. Then he suggests, he suggests that... Uh, that churches should have some kind of fund for those families that cannot afford expensive funerals and don't want the option of cremation, that it shouldn't be a line item budget, but yet that just members should give, you know, at that some, some type of fund for that for and for that reason, so that people, um, people can be buried. And then the, the other reason that he gives um, and why he why he's against, or, well, I'm not sure if he's against cremation in, in and of itself, but Christians being cremated, his, his argument, the final argument was that uh, Hindus, non non Christian Eastern religious uh, religions practice cremation and they practice it as a form of worship in, in a way. And that he feels that when Christians do things of that nature, that they in themselves are robbing uh, their God, that in some way. Uh, taking on idolatry. 
because, you know, non-Christians do that. Now, for me, that's a stretch. Um, and he says that, of course, you know, he used scripture saying that our body is the temple of God and um, things of that nature talks about. But also, you know, it, uh, we understand that the Bible mentioned that the ancestors were buried, but we also understand that they practiced stoning and, and, and fire cremation in the Old Testament as well. So, uh, not a good argument for me, but that's just me. I, I, I you know, it, does, it has raised up this question, should Christians be cremated? Uh, and that's all this again. Now, uh, when it comes down to black gospel music, Prince was very influential. Uh, very, very influential. And that, uh, like I said, Prince was a man of his own. He was able to, uh, he was very, very skilled in all genres of music. He stayed true to his uh, R&B, folk, jazz, and gospel roots. Uh, now, he didn't grow up in the church from what I understand, but he was influenced by Gospel music and some of his some of his lot uh, some of his ballads you can hear those strong gospel chords and uh, but you know Christians always borrow from the secular world and I found this track uh, um, a group a group did a song uh, or remade remade a test song. Um, you know, Prince did the song in Purple Rain, I Will Die For You. They remade the gospel into a gospel tune, Jesus Died For You. I'm going to play this for you. <laughs> I, I loved it. I, I really did. It's, it's a cool arrangement, very, very cool arrangement. And um, it, it's worth listening to. This is by uh, Trey McLaughlin and SOZ. I guess SOZ is Sound Lion. I don't know. But, uh, Prince joint. Uh, Jesus died for you. Take a listen to it. Pretty cool. <laughs>
was a little longer than that. <laughs> well, anyways, that was Trey McLaughlin and SOV and they sang that song. I, I really liked that arrangement. You know, that's what I was saying. But again, um, you can hear how uh, I'm trying to be brief because the little dude is getting noisy. Anyway, so Prince's influence was Y'all, I tell you, the little dude, I tried to save him from the rain. And this is how he does it because he wants to go back outside. Anyway, he ain't going to stop me from doing my show. <laughs> but um, the influence of, uh, of his music on the world will not go unnoticed, particularly on the gospel radio. It will not go unnoticed because many people. Uh, picked up uh, recording from him, structure from him. Uh, Israel Halton is primarily Israel Halton is one of the persons I think about when I when I think about eclectic. How eclectic Prince was when it came to music, you know. Israel Halton didn't fit the mold of music <laughs> genre. Uh, gospel genre, just like Prince never really fit a mold. And, and although Israel Halton, oh Lord, I tell you, I'm trying to think, and he's distracting me because he wants to go back outside. Oh, what should I do with the little dude? What should I do with the little dude? Man, always just messing up on everything I do. But I tell you what, let me take this break. Yeah, I take this break and let my little dude be more free. <laughs> uh, let me take this break and I'll be right back. Jackson State University is not just another university. It's a community. It's a family. And that's not all. Jackson State University is a national leader in biomedical research and development. With world-class science, math, engineering, and technology departments. At Jackson State University, we're leading the way in technology and innovation. One Jackson State University, changing lives one student at a time. All right, now I got the little dude settled, I hope. Anyway, um, as I was saying before, I so really interrupted. Um, Prince's music was his own. And because it was his own, he influenced others to be individualized. 
uh, regarding how they articulated the music and how they uh, were able to uh, integrate themselves into genres where uh, they may not have been fully accepted. And um, that's, that's how we have to be today. We have to be the same way. Um, I'm running out of time anyway. But that's one more thing I want to address. One more thing I, I want to address before I got out of here. Uh, yeah, pastors who pay tribute to uh, to Prince, include E. Dewey Smith and Carlton Pearson. And I want to read what Carlton Pearson said because this was really powerful to me. Um, Carlton Pearson on Prince's death said this. Is that uh, Prince was uh, uh, he, he, he he says Prince is a pure musician and he's a scientist and he's a mystic as well. But not only did he hear the sounds normal people never fully hear, but as a musician, he also was able to experience vibrations and syncopations about those sounds within them as a ethereal, evolutionary, and deeply devotional. Uh, and as other people were saying, you know, arguing, saying, don't say that Prince, Prince was a Christian or or a uh, man of God. You know, some some people are saying now that they you know, call him Prince, all the kind of stuff. One pastor wrote, uh, he didn't want to dishonor the faith. He just wanted to be uh, one of who remembered Jehovah's Witness. And for all Christians trying to take what Prince did for Jesus, made him a Christian. He was not a Christian. This is what this past day. He was not a Christian, member of a non-Christian cult, who didn't claim to be Jesus, uh, who do not claim to be Christians. And it's an insult uh, to those who insist that he was because of it says you can respect his religious beliefs, just don't call him anointed or servant of God or Christian. Let him rest in his own peace. And, and I want to close out on this. And I, I, I have to, I have to agree with this. Uh, Pastor Harvey Burnett, and again, this source comes from old, old church, old black church, um, and, and a peaceful post. There, there are a lot of people who are ascribing to him something that he wasn't. The man was talented, gifted beyond reason. As I said before, he was a wonderful uh, prodigy, musical prodigy. Um, and, and I hate when people use these terms, man, he was a servant of God or he was anointed. We, we just throw that out there. He was gifted, definitely gifted, gifted beyond measure. Uh, and I don't know why now they're trying to claim him as Christian. And, you know, people do that. I don't, I don't know why, but uh, but he definitely had tapped into the mystical side of life that many don't get to to do. He had tapped into the emotive realm of being able to pull out such uh, depth of creativity that we applaud, we still recognize today, and it's going to go on for generations. I'm quite sure. Uh, you know he is. He's written on the 
template uh, of life and will continue to do so. But we, we must we must stop this categorizing something annoying it, making him a sermon of God. You know, he was very spiritual. We don't know how he articulated that spirituality outside of being a Jehovah's Witness. And I, I know in one magazine, I want to say it was either uh, Ebony or Essence in one of those magazines that he did a full interview about his faith and he was able to articulate where he was and how he was evolving as a human. And that's that's wonderful. Uh, but we mustn't we mustn't negate that this music put forth the spirituality that and he used he understood sex as a as not just an emotion but also as a spiritual means of conveying uh, that emotion. And so he, he, he maximized on that. I'm sure a lot of babies would make some press songs. Diamonds and pearls. <laughs> but we honor we honor Prince Robinson Rogers Mills and we honor all those like him. Those who may never get recognized. But um, as we celebrate his life, celebrate your own life, celebrate the gift that God has given you. And don't hold back on anything. You know what the Lord has called you to do. If you don't, seek the Lord and find it out. You know, get amused. Get amused to inspire you to do something. You may not create music, but, you know, whatever you create, let it glorify God and edify people. So on that note, I'm going to get on out of here. And I appreciate you for tuning in. Remember, you can catch up in the archive show uh, on blogtalkradio.com slash zero today. Also, you can go to Zero Network on Facebook and you can leave comments for this show today or any other archive show you want to do that. Visit our website, LorenzoTNeal.com and you can uh, get up to date information on all things that we are doing here as well as be able to order a copy of my book, Preaching the Family. How we do it you can also download the podcast, um, iTunes, it's available there. So however you want to do it, we appreciate you uh, showing us some love. And you hear the busy bodies of the little ones. So I'm going to get out of here. You guys have a great day. Have a great rest of the week. And I'll see you next week in May, birthday month. Holla! Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.